Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Can everyone hear me? Can you hear me, Joe? We've been having a little I, bit of technical difficulties. Okay, so in you. order for people to hear me today, I have to mute myself. And if I unmute myself, you won't be able to hear me. So, um, but we're live. We're live. Oh, can we change, Mr. Producer, can we change yesterday's title to today's title? We're no longer talking about the pinch nipples. We're um, not talking about pinch nipples. No. No, we're not. That was yesterday. That was yesterday, not today. Um, so I'm going to start. Sorry, this. everyone. Josh is still out sick. So we have fill in, fill in producer Chris. Um, so fill in, fill in producer Chris. If you could change the title, that would be great. What do you want to start with, Joe? Um, I want to start with a. Uh, so today's a kind of a tough day for me. It's the same day every year. Um, so four years ago today, my brother was murdered by a police officer. Some of you know that about me, some of you don't. Um, so it's a tough day. It's a tough day because, you know, we, we go back, Max, and we talk about, we, we talk about uh, accountability. And we, we, we got on opposite sides when we talked about uh, George Floyd. And I said, well, you know, I, at first glimpse, when I looked at everything that happened, and again, we went back and looked at it a couple weeks later, when all the video was released, but when I first looked at it, um, I, I couldn't help but feel a little bit of rage because m my brother was murdered by a police officer. So I didn't want to give the police the benefit of the doubt. I didn't want to. Now I backed the blue. So I want to start by saying I backed the blue in my neighborhood. I backed the blue in places where they believe in the rule of law, where the DAs aren't Antifa crap bags. I back the blue in those areas. I don't back the blue typically in areas where they say I'm just doing my job as they persecute and throw people around. I don't back, I don't back the blue in Washington, D.C. jails where they're abusing the January 6th peaceful protesters. I don't back the blue there. Why would I? Why would I back the blue in places where they incarcerate young black men at a rate that is unbelievably high? So I don't, I, I can't say that I, I do, and, but every year I've been looking for accountability for my brother for the last four years. And they lied in the media and they said that he was this bad guy. My brother was one of, the, one of the most genuine people you'd ever meet. They had what, two and a half miles of, of motorcycles and cars for his funeral? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were there. Yeah, I was. And, and they knocked him off a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour and said, oh, you shouldn't have been running from the police. Why in the world would you have to knock somebody off a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour? Why? And why did they pull him over to begin with? Oh, that's right. They don't know. Because that's what they do in places where they can just act with impunity. So, you know, just a, you know, it's kind of a somber day for me. It's a day that every year I think that we're going to get easier you know, and I have a picture that hangs off my brother in my office. And he was just a gentle man. But, uh, yeah, so I'll start by saying that 
today is going to be a little bit off for me, but uh, it is typically every year. Four years later, I still don't have yeah. accountability. I still haven't gotten to the end of it. They still haven't arrested the police officer because that's not what they do. And what we're seeing now is that that system of injustice, that system of unfair application of the law, persecution, we're all become slaves, is just what the radical left does. That's just what they are. And these police unions, trash. Yeah. It's so true. I got that off it my I got that off my my chest a little bit. So sorry I had to. Well, I, had to I, do I also that. I also noticed that your background has changed. It looks like you are now an insurrectionist. Yeah. It looks like you are now. <laughs> <laughs> putting the capital behind you. Um, so Joe is now at the capital. I'm, I'm in a different place right now, so I'm not in studio. And uh, so I will be shooting from different places. And so as I shoot from different places, I will make it a, you know, available that I'm in those different places. So I'm, there you go. I'm at the capital. So that works. That works. Um, so we're going to talk about a bunch of things today. Joe, did you have a chance to listen to any of the podcast yesterday? Because we had a caller calling Scott, a longtime listener. Um, he called in before about we, um, self-defense issues. Are we not What's live up? on the website? Huh? Okay, he's working on it. Okay. Yeah. Lots of technical issues. Josh is out sick. Josh can't come back to the office until he has a negative COVID test, so he's trying to get his COVID test results. Um. So lots of technical difficulties, but we're going to push through them and, and we're going to just make sure that we, we, we get as much out as we can. Did you have a chance to listen at all yesterday? Because we had a caller, Scott from New Mexico, and he was a, it's been sticking with me. I've been thinking about it all night. He's a landlord. Oh, you got to mute it. Whoever's listening in studio. Got me. Um, do you have a chance to listen to that part with Scott yesterday? I did not. So he yeah, is a landlord. Yeah. Uh, it's 30 minutes, so we're not going to play it again. But we, right. we do have it up on Gab TV as just a standalone, and we'll put it up on Rumble and Facebook later today. Um, he's, a, he's a landlord, and he's in the red 60 grand because of the eviction moratorium. He's not allowed to evict tenants who've just stopped paying. And he owns a fourplex, and he told his whole story, and it's, it's incredibly touching, right? He, he, he has a job. He works nights. But he bought this fourplex to hopefully hand it down to his kids, create some generational wealth. And he doesn't charge exorbitant prices to live there. He just basically wants a little bit extra and he wants to pay off the mortgage. Um, just in the last year with this eviction moratorium, he's in the red 60 grand. 60 grand is how much he's lost from that. And he doesn't know how much more he can take, how much more he can pay himself without being able to collect any rent. And it just, it stuck with me all night. And then I started watching some clips for today to get ready for today. And Joe Biden admitted, he absolutely admitted that his new, his new eviction moratorium is likely unconstitutional, that it will likely be overturned. But he did it anyway, because he wants to pick the winners and losers. He wants to help the renters and screw over the landlords. So I, I want to play some of those clips and we are running a fax blast today on this issue because I don't think we've ever had, with the exception of maybe Obama, who said he, he can't just give people amnesty and then he did it. Other than that, I don't think we have another example in our history of a president just flagrantly doing something, at least in modern history, doing something completely unconstitutional and admitting it. 
admitting it on camera. So have, have you had a chance to read into the eviction moratorium at all, Joe? I have, and I have a lot of friends that are affected by them. I have friends that own multiple properties um, and they have had massive amount of losses and those losses aren't even being covered by any of the PPP or any of the other issues or anything that's out there. They, it's, it's almost as if they want those people to go bankrupt. It's, pre it's, it's, it's pretty sick actually. But again, we, yeah. we get back to, Max, the unequal application of law and the fact that they can just ignore the Constitution and ignore the, ignore the, ignore the liberties of some so that they can give to others. And, it, and, and it's not on the back of, you know, if the government would have stepped in and said, which I don't agree with either, right? But if the government would have stepped in and said, a part of this PPP, if people aren't paying you and we have this, this moratorium, if they're not paying you uh, rent, you can apply to this and we'll, the government will pay that rent for them. I mean, if, 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 if that happened, then at least you would have a, the ability to protect all those people who are landlords. But no, you, you basically are destroying an entire segment of our community. And most, by the way, of these renters, home rent, rentals are by other people who just have a second home or, or moved away and said, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I have, took a job here. And most of them have one or two houses, right? Yeah. Buy a home, keep it for an investment. And then people stop paying in those investments and then it puts a hardship on them, then they can't pay their bills and it ruins their credit. And then they could lose their job because of, maybe, the, maybe it's tied back to having a security clearance or you have to keep good credit in order to keep that job. So they lose their job. Yeah. Or they're forced in an environment where yeah. they could sell the home and then you can't sell the home because you have squatters that are now living in it. I mean, it, it's, it, it, and, and the court systems violating the rights of people who are good, hardworking Americans to give the people that are basically, frankly, are just not wanting to go work, to me, is atrocious. It's absolutely disgusting. But it's what the left wants to do, Max. They want to break down the constructs of our country. They're doing a good job of it. I say we just walk yeah. in and kick them all out. Just walk door to door. Anyone that's in there that has not paid rent for a year, we just walk in and take them out. When the police show up, say, look, either do your job or I'm just doing my job. No, you're doing something illegal. Yeah, so it's uh, you hear me? It, it, you're gonna have to yeah raise the mic a little bit just because yeah. you're low. Sorry they about have, that. They have you turned up maximum volume. We can't raise it anymore. Um, All right, how's that? Now turn me down a little bit because it's in my yeah. Ears. Now you're gonna need to turn down. So the the key with this eviction moratorium. I mean, you say all the time, the government wants us all to be slaves. Yeah, that's I what do. this is. When you tell a landlord that they have to allow someone to live on their property without paying them any rent, that they have to make sure that there's electricity running and water running. And when the air conditioning breaks, they have to go fix it for free. The, the, that is tantamount to slavery. It absolutely is. And th some estimates say there are as many as 10 million mom and pop landlords. These aren't yeah. people, big businesses. These are just people who own one, two, maybe three properties. And that's their job. They, their whole job is that they manage a couple of properties and they live off of the rent. Some people like Scott from, from New Mexico, they have second jobs and they're using the, the rent money just to pay the mortgage in the hope that they can own it free and clear in a few years. Yeah. What this eviction moratorium does is essentially turning 10 million Americans into slaves and making countless more Americans, right? Everyone who's a renter, giving them extra privileges that they yeah. should just be able to live somewhere yeah. without paying a cent. So <clears throat> as, as, as much as I understand where people's heads were at when they started this eviction moratorium, it's been going now for over a year. Now they want another two months 
And Joe, by Joe Biden's own admission, by Joe Biden's own admission, he understands that it likely won't su survive a constitutional challenge. So we're going to play that in a minute, him admitting that. Make sure, everyone, you share this if you haven't already. Hit the share button. Give us a thumbs up on Facebook. If you're watching on DLive, conservative-daily.com, or Twitch, please also make sure that you share this through whatever channel you prefer to share videos with people you know. Um, we got to get this out to more people because the mainstream media's take on this is, oh, wow, Biden is so generous. He's so helpful. Generous. This is... With somebody else's I mean, this, money. That's, that's typical of the yeah. left. They're, they're generous with your money. They're generous with, with what they decide you get to have or not have. I mean, think about that, Max. It doesn't matter anymore what the law is. We live in a lawless society. And look, I don't want to give people, I don't want to sit here and, and, and be Debbie Downer on a Friday and say, look, listen, we're, they're taking everything from us. They're not. We just have to decide that we're going to say no. We have to decide that we're going to stand up and say we've had enough. We have to stand up and say we're not playing your game anymore. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you that uh, this, well, it's not the right time to talk. We, we're talking about this. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, so why don't we play this? I, I, I'm having a hard time pulling up my email for whatever reason. My computer is very taxed. So right now. everybody's but, electronic equipment is working except for my, not working except for mine. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Just, just one of those days. Make sure you get that out of the way. Yeah. It's pretty much one of those days. Don't jinx it. Whatever you do, don't jinx it. Um, so I'm going to go off of my phone to, to see the cut list. Um, it, uh, we'll, we'll play the, the cut one second. Let's, let's jump to cut two. This is Joe Biden admitting that he doesn't even know if it's constitutional what he's doing. Let's play cut number two. He's about to announce a new partial eviction moratorium, COVID-related. Can you tell us any more about that? And are you sure it's going to pass Supreme Court muster? The answer is twofold. One, I've sought out constitutional scholars to determine what is the best possibility that would come from executive action or the CDC's judgment. What could they do that was most likely to pass muster constitutionally? Wow. The bulk of the constitutional scholarship says that it's not likely to pass constitutional muster, number one. But there are several key scholars who think that it may, and it's worth the effort. But the present, you could not, the courts already ruled on the present eviction moratorium. So I think what you're going to see, and I, look, I want to make it clear. I told you I would not tell the Justice Department or the medical experts, the scientists, what they should say or do. So I don't want to get ahead. The CDC has to make this. I asked the CDC to go back and consider other options that may be available to them. You're going to hear from them what those other options are. I have been informed they're about to make a judgment as to potential other options. Whether that option will pass constitutional measure with this administration, I can't tell you. I don't know. So he, he's all he's there all over the place. Let's cut it. Scholars who say it will, and others who say it's not likely to. But at a minimum, by the time it gets litigated, it will probably give some additional time while we're getting that $45 billion out to people who are, in fact, behind in the rent and don't have the money. 
That's why it was passed in the, in, in the act that we passed in the beginning of my administration. And it went to the states. We were under the impression that the states were moving this money out relatively rapidly. So, for example, if I'm in an apartment, if you're in an apartment, and you're behind on four or five months' rent, and let's say your rent is $2,000 a month, I'm just making this up out of the blue, and you're behind, like you need $10,000 to catch up. Hardly anybody has that $10,000. But there's money that the states have that can give to the landlord that $10,000 to the back rent. The future rent, it's unlikely, at least the hope is, since they have been made whole to that point, that they'd be inclined, because the economy is growing, inclined not to throw someone out in the street, keep that person, no guarantee, keep that person in the apartment, keep the kids in the same school district, and count on being able to have the opportunity for that that person to be able, who may now be employed, to pay their rent. But in the meantime, I've asked, oh that, is God. there any safety valve we can put in? And it's the one I explained to you. Again, CDC will announce that and the details of exactly how it works. So <laughs> let's get a couple things out of the way. He said he didn't tell the CDC to do anything. But then he proceeds to explain what he told the CDC to do. Right. To go back and reevaluate this. I mean, but that's not the CDC not a... doesn't have any authority. They don't have any authority to issue any sort of mandates that would put in a moratorium. They don't have that think. authority. You would think. But, but, you but would the think. point is that they don't care about their authority. Because the Constitution... Listen, we already know that they're using big businesses as a proxy to destroy your First Amendment right. Right. They're doing things to slow down production to affect your Second Amendment right. There is a shortage of ammo all across the U.S. There's a shortage of ammo. And so what they did is they walked in and they interfered with your ability to get ammo. They made it more difficult to get primers. They made it more difficult to get access to the materials that were necessary in order to complete the process to build the weapons. I know that because we own a gun store in range. They are using the system to destroy and dismantle the Constitution. Let's stop pretending that they actually care about the Constitution. They don't. But we have to stop pretending that we have to play their games and walk through the court system in order to get to a result. We don't. It's really simple. All we have to do is stand up and say, no, 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 get out of my house. Police show up. I'm like, look, man, I don't care. I'm taking all their stuff out. It's my house. They didn't pay rent. Get out. And you say, well, what about the person that you're evicting? What about the fact that there are 7 million jobs out there that people are looking to hire people for yeah. and they can't find them because these people are sitting on their ass at home? How about that? Well, let, me show you, let me show you this because this is what gets truly crazy and a reason why yeah. landlords aren't just doing that. Go to my screen, Mr. Producer, Chris. This is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Department of Health and Human Services, temporary halt in residential evictions in communities with substantial or high levels of community transmission. So when you heard in that clip we just played that this was a partial eviction moratorium, that's how they're claiming it is, right? It's for anywhere with substantial or high levels of community spread. We talked about this on the show when it was me and Josh. Um, this is the map. Anything that isn't gray, 
is covered by the moratorium. So I guess this one area, Esmeralda County in Nevada, they're allowed to evict people. Uh, Loop County, uh, Nebraska, they're allowed to evict people. Everywhere else, else it is yellow or red. That's where it applies. So this is their definition of a partial eviction moratorium. Basically everywhere other than some of the most remote places in the country. But this is the summary. This is where they claim the authority to do this. They say the Centers for Disease Control disease and control is issuing a new order temporarily halting evictions in counties with heightened levels of community transmission in order to respond to the recent unexpected developments in the trajectory of COVID-19 pandemic, including the rise of the Delta variant. It is intended to target specific areas of the country where cases are rapidly increasing, which likely would be exacerbated by mass evictions. Accordingly, subject to limitations under applicability, a landlord, owner of a residential property, or other person with a legal right to pursue eviction or a possessory action shall not evict any covered person from any residential property in any county or U.S. territory while the county or U.S. or territory is experiencing substantial or high-level uh, community transmission of SARS-CoV-2. So I want to show you the punishment. This is why p- landlords aren't just doing this. Because, yeah, you say bring bring a cop. This is what the cop is going to do to you if oh, – I just have to find it. Where is it? It's down here. Um, do, do, do. Let me just do a control F, be faster. Uh, da, da. Come on. Basically, it's prison time. <laughs> it's prison time. Let me search prison. Find it quicker that way. Nope. Um, dollar symbol? I'm trying to, Joe. I'm just one person. Uh, so. $100,000 fine. $100,000 fine. Uh, just There's 100000 That number is everywhere. <laughs> so let me, uh, let, me, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight so everyone's listening. You are a slave to the federal government. You have to pay your mortgage. You have to take care of that obligation. If you don't, it ruins everything else around your life. Oh, and, and if you go, don't do that, pounds. we're going to fine you $100,000 and we're going to throw you in prison. Yeah, so here it is. Sorry, it took me a while to find it. There's, the, the number 100,000 appears many times. So they cite the U.S. code that apparently gives them the power, and they say which, which a person violating this order may be subject to a fine of no more than $100,000 or one year in jail or both if the violation does not result in death or a fine of no more than two hundred fifty grand or one year in jail or both if the violation results in, in a death. So if you evict... If you evict a tenant and that tenant dies, doesn't say how long, dies a week later, dies a month later, dies a year later. If that tenant dies, you you have to pay 250 grand and spend one year in prison. So that is why landlords are terrified to do that, to just evict anyway. Because when the cop shows up, Unless you have a good cop realizing that this is unconstitutional, chances are that cop is just going to enforce this. Or he's going to call the feds and they're going to enforce this. Or even if you do evict them, a couple weeks down the road, the feds will show up at your door, just like we've seen happen to so many people at the U.S. Capitol. And they'll arrest you, citing this. See, we have to destroy this. We have to dismantle this. Otherwise, this will always be over someone's head. Because even if the local cops let you do it, 
the feds are going to go after you. The minute that that tenant files a protest, the feds are going to come after you. Well, I think that we we have to start looking at at the recourse of whether or not the federal government is so far compromised that it doesn't represent the interests of the people. And if that's the case, then what is our recourse then? What is the constitutional recourse for we, the people, the people of the community, to stand up and say we've had enough? When, when the well, people become the subjects, yeah. what's next? We, we got to ask the question, like, what, what, what is the next thing that we have to do as a country, as people, to stand together? Right. I mean, they're going to use rhetoric and they're going to use, you know, poor them, these poor people. And maybe it's poor people. But I got to tell you, if if I didn't have a job and I needed to provide for my family, I'd go find a job. It doesn't matter what I did. I dig ditch, ditches to take care of my family. Yeah. Right? But it, well, it, the, the question is, I mean, there's an answer. What do we do? There's peaceful ways to do it. Yep. And there are violent ways to do it. Or no, there, there's also other kinetic. ways that are not violent that you just walk in that are not so peaceful. I mean, there, there is an in-between there that you're saying that you walk up with a truck, you load up all their stuff and kick them out. Say, get out. Get out. There, there is a way to do this. This has been done before. I mean, you could talk about what happened down in the South when the police department literally threw people in jail and were acting as a Gestapo. And the people showed up at the courthouse and said, let us in. Let them out, or we'll take care of business. And there was a fight. There was literally yeah, a at the local fight. level. They yeah. gave them the ability. So at the local level, we can kick out the judges. At the local level, we can hold the police departments responsible. Right? I don't have a problem with my police in in Colorado. I don't have a problem with the police in Texas and many parts of Texas. But you get to areas like Austin, you got a massive problem down there. There's mm-hmm. massive problems down in Austin. Massive. And guess what is so familiar about Austin? Who runs it? Well, Democrats. Democrats. Yeah, yeah. And the police act like asses, and they treat people terribly. Terribly. I, I was walking down the street in Austin, just walking down the street, and I watched a police officer literally snatch up a guy on the road because the guy smirked at him. Just smirked at him. And threw him up yeah. against the building. Yeah. And I, I just said, dude, what are you doing? He goes, mind your own business. I'm not, I'm not minding my own business. Leave the guy alone. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, you didn't see what happened before. I did. I saw the whole thing. Let the guy go or we're going to have a problem. So I had to say that. Yeah. On the streets walking through, San, excuse me, through Austin. And he goes, what's your name? I was like, you're not getting my name. But I'm going to tell you this. I have more means than that guy does to fight against you. So if you want to arrest me, arrest me. I promise you, you won't be a police officer tomorrow. And he let the guy go. That was, what, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? I'm I'm telling you, Max, we have a serious problem in our society where the left feels like they rule over us. They rule over us when it comes to the vaccine. They rule over us when it comes to, to putting on a mask. And they walk around like little bullies, and we let it happen. We let it happen. I mean, frankly, I just think we need to start punching those people in the face. So maybe that's the call to violence, right? You want to be a bully? You know, it, it, taught in school. When you, the bully stands up and wants to pick on people, you punch him in the face. Maybe that. Maybe well, it's we a start good thing. That. It's a good thing that Air you Care didn't. Med Network. I, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't identify yourself because under Texas law, you're only required to identify yourself to police officers in three circumstances: after you've been arrested, if yep. you're driving a motor vehicle, and if yeah. you're carrying a handgun. So those are the only three times that you are obligated 
to show to identify yourself to a police officer if you were asked to do so. Um, but that's something that police officers have started doing a lot lately, demanding of people that which they have no right to demand. Um, I don't know. I, I yes. this is a this, this is a much more complicated issue than we're gonna we're gonna punch them. We're gonna tell them to get out because this came down from the president of the United States, right? The president no. of the United States, Pino, ordered. Yeah, he ordered the CDC to in do name this. only. Yeah, but he's, it's still an order. He's not. Right? He's not as the lawful as, as president as of people, this country. I know a, a coup on as, our nation I, was did occur. The election fraud is a real thing. The amount yeah. of election fraud in this country, at a local level, all the way up to a national level, is unbelievable. And he is no. Yeah, he is no more the president of the United States than than uh, Alaska is beachfront property where you can go get a suntan in the middle of December. You can't do that in Alaska in the middle of December. No. Uh, it's not gonna happen. Maybe the summer, but yeah. not in December. Um, what? Yeah, he he absolutely cheated. We know that. But as long as there are people in in these positions that will follow through with the orders, right? You, you can't just walk in and drag Joe Biden out. I mean, they're arresting people for just walking into the Capitol and using the bathroom on January sixth, right? Not even doing anything violent. They just walked inside. The police officers holding open the door. They walk walk in because they have to use the bathroom. And now they are in prison. <laughs> They're in jail awaiting trial. And when they go and they when they go before the judge, the prosecutors say it's going to take eight months for them to compile the evidence. So they're going to have to wait in jail. So if they're willing to do that, if they're willing to do that, we have to go through all of the other mechanisms before we get to any of the non-peaceful or violent ways of doing things. So the founders, I mean, this is the crazy thing, Joe. King George yeah. did this to the to, to the American colonists. He forced them to put people up in their home. He forced them to feed them, to change their linens, to clean their <laughs> their rooms. He quartered troops. British regulars were put into colonist homes, and King George forced the colonists just to take care of them. It's not all that dissimilar to what we're seeing now with Joe Biden, which is Joe Biden ordering people to let people live in their home for free. Yeah, they're not soldiers, but it ends up being the same kind of thing. In the colonies, when this kept happening, people got tarred and feathered. Tarring and feathering is a bad deal. I mean, it, it, it's gotten, it's, it's kind of been romanticized a little bit. But when you tar and feather someone, that stuff doesn't come off. You, you put hot tar onto someone's body and you put feathers on it and you let it, you let it cool down, you might as well have killed the guy. But that was what the colonists did in response to the British, the British crown forcing them to let people live in their houses for free. So it, it is not crazy to think that Joe Biden forcing 10 million Americans to do essentially the same thing could lead to a violent outcome. I mean, we talked to Scott. Scott's a peaceful guy, it sounds like, in New Mexico. But he's out yep. 60 grand. Yep. How, how long do you expect people to just lose money well, let, and let just me ask, be happy. Let me it. ask you a question. The Constitution has an amendment that does not allow for you to have to house soldiers. Soldiers. Right? So is that now changed to where it's not soldiers? It's just other people that get to, to invade and become, you know, that you have to pay for in your house. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the Third Amendment says that the government can't force you to take care of soldiers. The courts have interpreted that since then to also mean the government can't force you to take care of police officers agents of the state uh but these guys in these in these rental units they're not soldiers they're just regular people right they're civilians right. 
So I'm going to tell, so, if I can, I can tell another story real quick. Can I tell another story? Cause this is actually important. Is it on topic? It is on topic. Cause it has to do okay. with the police being able to do whatever they want and the courts being able to do whatever they want. Right. And, and okay. the reason why I'm put bringing this up is because they want to build a facade that they're, they're good people, but it's a facade. We've been infiltrated by evil, evil, evil pedophiles, rapists, closet racists. These are liars. These are the worst people among us that have become judges, DAs, propped up by special interest, radical leftist groups. They're disgusting. It's infiltrated the legal system. And so they've actually created new concrete, right, drives. So I have a friend of mine that worked for, for me years, years ago. Actually, not years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. And he uh, called me and he said, Joe, my brother got in a motorcycle accident. And I go, okay, well, tell me more. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, and I'm not going to use his name, I did. I, I was just texting him and asking if he'd call in. And this will tell you, and the reason why I asked him to call in is, like, look, I'll change your name, but I want to talk about your brother's story. So he's in, he's in the hospital, and they say, and he goes, Joe, you know, I don't mean to tell you this, but he's got active warrants. And I go, okay, well, tell me more. How do we help your brother? And he goes, well, he's in really, really bad shape. And he sent me a picture, and it was it was. I was like, wow, he's in really bad shape. He wasn't wearing a helmet. He hit the ground pretty hard on the, on the uh, motorcycle. And so they were doing a bunch of tests for him. Well, the police officers, because of those warrants, arrested him. <laughs> While he's in jail going through all these tests, right, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't put him in a bed, right, and he's in bad shape. I mean, bad shape, like broken bones, separated shoulder, uh, he has some, uh, some brain, they had to do st stitches on the inside, stitches on the outside. It's really bad, right? So they, and they were giving him what I call substandard care, but they wouldn't put him, they put him in a, a, uh, a wheelchair, right? And I'm going, first of all, he's got to have a bed. Second of all, you know, what, what are the, what, what's the warrants for? Turns out they were, you know, petty traffic offenses and things like that. And then there was a, there was a warrant out for his arrest for a case that doesn't even exist. And so the family kept asking questions and they're like, yeah, well, it's a no bail deal. They're not going to give him bail. And you would say, Joe, you know, why is his brother getting in trouble? And that's, that's irrelevant, right? It's irrelevant. That's not, that's not the relevance of it. Everyone has their day in court. If the courts weren't corrupted, if the courts weren't trash, if they weren't literally infiltrated with people that basically treat us like they're royal subjects, like we're slaves. But so I dug into it. They couldn't get anything done. I dug into it. I had to call certain police officers I knew. I called uh, lawyers, got people involved. Turns out the case was not a case. <laughs> but they held him for an additional three or four days on a non-case. They, they set a court date for him, for his brother, six weeks out. So they wanted to take him to jail for six weeks. And had I not dug into it, had I not threatened to sue people personally... Had, had they, he not had an advocate, had I not gone through all those steps, he would have just been another person that they locked up behind for six weeks. And he'd say, Joe, why'd you get involved? Because my friend asked me to get involved because my friend didn't know what to do. Who, by the way, is an amazing, exceptional young man. Exceptional. But, you know, he's black. And I, I kept thinking to myself, man, it's, this is in the middle of Denver. Right? It's supposed to be the, the woke society of not being racist. Yet they're locking this guy up for 
something they can't find. Oh, we don't know what it is. It just says no, bo- no, no bail. Typically, no bail is you killed someone, right? And other than traffic violations, he didn't do anything wrong. Or your flight, or your, or your flight risk. Flight risk. Um, um, or usually, if if a warrant, I don't know his specific instance. Usually, usually traffic warrants for arrest yeah. only tend to be issued when someone has skipped their day in court. Right. Um, so if you skip a court date, um, you kind of identify yourself, at least in the court, as a potential flight risk. So that might yeah. have been why he got put into a no bail pile. Because um, I have a hard, I mean, it's possible. It could always happen. But usually people get arrest warrants for traffic violations when they've yeah, ignored you don't, you don't, the court dates. The, here's the problem you don't understand, Max, is that you say you have a hard time. You just said it. You stopped yourself, but you were going to say it. You have a hard time believing. That's why this system can continue to exist. That's why the system continues to exist. Yeah. I get myself in these situations because I'm trying to help people navigate it. I happen to be one of those people that, that um, you know, I mentor young, young men and women, right? Mostly young men, actually all young men. But I, I give advice to young men and women when it comes to, I, I try to keep that separation, guys, just so you know. I, I want to help the young men because they're, they're, you know, I want them to be good fathers. I want to, I want to be a good role model for them, right? I don't want to get myself mixed up in uh, with the, you know, trying to be some emotional support for women. It's not that I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Right. So don't hate me. I'm doing my part, but I, but I, but I have this opportunity to be with these young men and I'm, and I'm trying to mentor them into, Hey, don't do that. And he probably shouldn't do this. And Hey, you need to go to school and Hey, here's some, some things to think about. So they come to me and I, I do step in and help it. So I have an abnormal number of things that I get involved in and I have zero fear. So when I'm on the streets of Austin, I'll say something cause it's not right. And we should say something, we should speak up. But th- what you just said about you have a hard time believing it is how they get away with all this stuff because they walk around saying what? Nothing to see here. Oh no, no, everything's good. Or they lie and make up a story about that person. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 court of public opinion and that snapshot believes that police officer believes that judge and more times than not these people get away with whatever they want to get away with they're sadistic people i don't believe the system is good i don't i do not believe the system is good i don't call me cynical tell me whatever you want we just watched as multiple courts across the entire united states on technicalities on on not the the merits of the case but by finding a way around not being able to look at that case, not having to look at that case as it related to election fraud. Now the people are having to do the work for them. The people are having to do the audits. The people are having to get out there saying, oh, no, you don't. But the, until we actually stand up and start realizing that the, the, the government, the, the, the court system, the, the police officers, not in my community, but in Democrat-controlled communities, is yeah. flat evil, then we're, you know, we're, we're going to be in a bad place. Got to step in here and remind everyone that this podcast is brought to you by Air Make Care Network. Air Make Care Network, the premier insurance plan that will cover you and your household should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for a medical emergency. We don't get to choose where medical emergencies strike. We don't get to choose how we go to the hospital. All that's out of our control. And you'd be surprised, probably not, if you know how much regular ambulances cost. But the cost to be airlifted to a hospital, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand in some cases. And it's not just people who get injured while rock climbing or lost while hiking lots of people get airlifted in the suburbs they get airlifted in cities just because of gridlock 
that's the only way they can quickly get from one hospital to another if they need to have surgery and they need a specialist that's in another hospital. And your insurance plan is not going to cover the cost of that airlift. But if you become a member of AirMedCare Network for just $85, you'll get coverage for your entire household for one year. And you won't pay one cent for that airlift as long as you're flown by an AMCM provider. And oh, yeah, they fly over 100,000 patients a year. You can go to their website, you can put in your zip code, and I'll tell you whether you're covered. We, I've been putting in random zip codes in the middle of nowhere. I've yet to find one that's not covered. So yeah, $85 gets you coverage for your entire household for one year. It's less if you're a senior citizen. works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. So go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. So I want to play the second clip of yeah. Biden because that first clip had him admitting, had him admitting that he doesn't know if he can do this and he's just trying to buy time. This next clip is a little bit more off the cuff, more of a hot mic moment, where again he says he's trying to buy time. That's what they do. The cameras aren't rolling. That's yeah. what they do. And, and guys, we don't have to give them time. We don't have to give them time. This is what I keep telling you. We don't have to play by their game. We don't have to play by their rules. We don't have to go get a bar association lawyer and walk into a courtroom. We can do it all ourselves. We the people can do a lot of things that we don't think we can do. We, we really can. We don't have to play by their rules. We don't have to do the stand up there and say, your honor. No, it's not your honor. I don't, I don't, we just don't have to do it, Max. We don't have to do it. And they keep buying yeah. time, hoping that they wear us down. Now we have to very quickly understand that they're playing war games. We need to play it on the same side as well. Go ahead and play it. So, so let's play this. Are, I guess my question is, it's two part. One, why not force the Supreme Court to make this decision? And two, this, is that decision not to actually go to the Wrong cut. Cut number three. That's cut number one. Cut number three. Let's play cut. Okay, thank you. I went ahead and did it, but here's the deal. I can't guarantee you the court won't rule that we don't have that authority. But at least we'll have the ability to, if we have to appeal, to keep this going for a month. At least. I hope longer. So at least we'll have time to appeal and keep this going. Listen, wow. if you, Joe, if you filed a lawsuit yeah. attempting to get someone to stop someone, stop them from doing something, and you yeah. knew your lawsuit was bogus, and the whole purpose was to just waste someone's time yep. or get a technicality to bide some time so you could take advantage of people for a couple weeks longer while you just got tied yep. up in the courts. If you did that, you would be slapped by that court. You'd be forced to pay all the attorney's fees of the other side, forcing them to go through this whole frivolous thing, right? There are laws in place to stop civilians from filing frivolous lawsuits and basically going on fishing expeditions and, and just trying to waste the court's time so that they can continue to operate illegally. There are laws in place. They're supposed to stop that. There is no law in place to stop the federal government from doing that. The only law is the Constitution. The Constitution is just a, a list. It's just a list of things the federal government is allowed to do. If it isn't on the list, they're not allowed to do it. It's, it's that simple. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the CDC can force people to live, let other people live in their homes for free. That's not a power we've bestowed on the government. So when they Biden does this and he admits that it's frivolous, that it's just designed to tie up the courts, maybe buy a few weeks before people get evicted, there's no law that punishes him. The only law that punishes him is the Constitution. 
And listen, the founders understood that this is what tyranny looked like. As I said, King George forced them to house troops in their homes. So they understand that this is what tyranny looks like. And there's two ways out of this. There's the peaceful way and there's the non-peaceful way. You ha we have to exhaust the peaceful way. There's two specific peaceful ways to do it. Voting him out and impeaching the guy, removing him from office. Now, I don't think this country can survive 1,263 days until the next inauguration. Nope. I don't think we can survive that. I don't think we can wait the, what, 38, 39 months until the next election. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be gone, right? I mean, just look at what he's accomplished in eight months. We'll be gone. We won't, be, we won't have a country anymore. So the, the first peaceful option is out, out, out. You can't do it. We cannot wait until his name's on the ballot. Impeachment has to be the only, the, the, it's the only peaceful option left. And we have to exhaust it. We have to fight for it. Because we talk about things can potentially go kinetic one way. We talk about just say no. We have to exhaust the peaceful means first before we go. Because the American Revolution was fought for very similar reasons. People took up their muskets and fired at British regulars because their tea got a little bit more expensive. Yeah, because their we're, paper we're not, products got a little bit more expensive. We're, we're not talking about things getting expensive. We're talking about a lack of no. being able to speak. No, no. You're being told you can't well, beyond speak. That. We're beyond we're, that. I mean, just look we're, at, we're at the look, choice look at part. Like you, you don't have a choice. So the, they say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right? Those are the things. Well, originally life, it was property. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let's just say that those are the three things that we want to be able to do as Americans, right? Life. Only if I tell you you can have life, only if you actually take the vaccine, only if you do the things we say can you have life. Liberty, only if it agrees with everything that we're telling you, only if your opinion is identical to the one that we have as mainstream. Happiness, you can be happy after you get your vaccine, you can get happy after we put someone in a position of power and authority, after you pay us 40% of your taxes that we dole out to whoever we want. I mean, you just look at the unequal application. And Max, here's my problem with the fact that we, that, that, that we have to, that, that the only recourse is the Constitution. Here's my problem with it. Ready? What is the consequence? What is, what is the accountability against him or against this, these, these radical leftists? I'm going to call them what they are, radical shitbags. What, what, what is it that, is a recourse against them. Write it down here. Let me give you a time so you can no, write no. it down. So you can... No more because because Chris doesn't know how to do it. So every time you do it, I have to spend time, and I don't even know how to 46, do it. 46.50. So it, it, it took me right. 40 minutes to cut two out yesterday, so no more. <laughs> if you speed, they write you a ticket. You have to pay a fine. Yeah. Right? If, the, if you get killed by a vaccine, first I'll argue that you weren't killed by the vaccine, and you get nothing for it. You get zero for it. You don't get, there's no compensation. You're dead. If, if they rule against you and you lose your home and, and the Constitution applies and they say, oh, yeah, the Constitution applies, you, you, can, you don't have this authority, then what, what is the record? What, what do you get if you were, you were harmed? You get nothing. So there's nothing that the government risks oh, yeah, yeah. by going against the Constitution other than, hey, you're not allowed to do it because they have immunity. 
Yeah. They, so you have the government that has immunity. You have the police that has immunity. You have the 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 people in in Congress and the legislators that have immunity. Everyone's got immunity. Oh, and private on the private sector, yeah, pharma companies they have immunity as well. I mean, think about that. Think about that. All of the bad actors that could be bad actors, there's no accountability. You you yeah. only have the court of public opinion. So we keep thinking we're hiding behind this facade. We're hiding behind this facade that hey, listen, we can we can do something about we can do something about all the bad things that are happening right now because we'll just go to court. And by the time we get through that, it's too late. We've lost our country. We've lost our country. Well, yeah. Well, I think there's the two bits, right? We saw gross violations of the Constitution over the past year, shutting down churches, closing gun stores, right? Obvious, egregious, unapologetic, open violations of the Constitution. And no one rose up. No one fired a shot at the military. Like no one tried to topple the government. For all they talk about the ins- the insurrection, it was an insurrection. I love grandparents, but it was a bunch of grandparents walking through Statuary Hall with a few agitators worked in throwing punches. The vast majority of the people who walked through Statuary Hall were grandparents, were parents. They weren't there to fight. They were just walking around, and the police opened the door. So we've seen so many egregious violations, and it hasn't resulted in any kind of popular uprising. At all. Right. What will do it is the destruction of people's livelihoods. Literally destroying livelihoods. As I mentioned, I mean, uh, we'll read it off. I'll read it off. The British Crown raised the tax on sugar and molasses in 1964, raised the tax on paper, uh, sorry, in 1764, paper products in 1765, glass, lead, painter's colors, paper, and again, and tea in 1767. And then they raised the tax on tea again in 1773. And that got the the founders, the the colonists to rise up among other things, right? But their tea was more expensive. It wasn't just that their tea was more expensive. It was that the businessmen who were importing the tea couldn't sell the tea because they had to absorb the tax, right? I mean, they're selling less product. It wasn't the fact that people had to pay more for a, a newspaper or, or some kind of circular, it was that the printers couldn't actually afford the paper to, right. to, to make, to print common sense, Thomas Paine's common sense. They couldn't afford to do it. It wasn't that, oh, wow, if you wanted molasses to cook, um, that you couldn't do it anymore. People could pay the, the, the couple pence more, right, to, to buy it. But in aggregate, the importers, the businesses that dealt in sugar and molasses, they couldn't. So the average person wasn't put out of business, but a lot of people were forced to the brink of bankruptcy because what seems like just a small tax on tea actually almost destroyed them. And here we have the president of the United States doing the same thing times a million. I mean, we talked talk to Scott yesterday. He's down 60 grand and he has one fourplex that isn't even fully rented. So if it was fully rented, he'd probably be down even more. He's three tenants. He's down and, and, 60 and grand. What does he, and what does he do? What does he do? I mean, obviously, he's probably having conversations with his tenants, right? Well, I, I asked him that. He's not allowed to. He's allowed to have friendly conversations. He's not allowed to demand money because that would be like coercion. So I said, hey, you should just go tell him, like, hey, if, if you don't apply for this grant money, you're probably going to get evicted. He's like, no, nah, it's uh, be coercion. So, I mean, you look at what happened with the revolution. These taxes, the taxes didn't cause it because the average person had to pay a couple pennies more. It was the business interest to say, well, we're, we're going to be out of business. And then when they're yeah. out of business, all the jobs go away, right? 
So 10 million, upwards of 10 million landlords are now being turned into slaves. Slaves, call what it is. They have to let people live on their property for free. They have to fix the roof when it leaks. They have to fix the air conditioner when it breaks, right? They have to fix the sink when the guy clogs it. They are the slaves that have to answer to the masters, their tenants. And if they dare evict them, they're going to prison for a year and they have to pay a hundred grand fine. That is the kind of stuff that leads to revolution. Now, are we going to have a, a landlord's revolution? Are we going to have all the landlords in the world take no, up we're arms? Gonna have Probably an American, not. We're going to have an American revolution where you're either the radical left on one side and the Americans on the other side, and we straighten all this crap out. We walk into the cities and we kick out the, the teachers' unions and we kick them all out. Say, oh, you're all done. We're not having teachers' unions anymore. We're going to walk in and we're going to restore the things that you should be teaching in our schools. We're going to restore the ethos inside of our police departments and say, look, if you actually abuse someone in your community, you're out. And by the way, if you're a good police officer, please, please come forward and tell us about the bad things the bad guys do, the, the brown shirts, so we can get them out. It's, it's us over here though. versus them. It's not a challenge. The, I, the I, challenge I said is, this morning. Like, I'm not, the challenge is I'm not going to go off to war and, and leave my wife a widow over a landlord. I'm not there yet, right? It, it's egregious, and I will and I will fight with every breath I have to stop this. But I'm not going to go to war and leave my kids fatherless and my wife without a husband over landlord policy in the CDC. Just like I don't think you're going to get most Americans to go to war over teachers' unions or over police misconduct. Though I think you probably get a lot of people with that on both sides of the aisle. The problem is there's so many violations on all sides that are affecting so many then people. But we make but unlikely on their own, bedfellows. And I think that's really yeah. what it comes out comes down to is that we have to start looking at this as a holistic issue, that they are destroying and they're attacking every part of our society. Right? They're attacking it. Yeah. Look, that's I, the challenge. I, I um there's somebody in the comments, and by the way, Lawman's on the on the line. He wants to talk about this as well. But the only person who died for our republic on January sixth was Ashley Babbitt. You're right. That was the only person on January 6th that died for our republic was Ashley Babbitt. Well, there was another one. Did you hear about the other one? Oh, the, the other that was trampled. Uh, the other person that yeah. was trampled, and people were trying to get to her to help. And, they and the police them. officers were pushing her away. So there's actually a second that you can actually pin on the police. Um, yeah. I don't have the person's name. I'm going I'm to see if I can search during the break so, for it. Um, yeah, uh, we are going to open up the phone lines, 888-441-1121. Yeah, so we have, we have Lawman on the, on the deal. Lawman, why don't we go ahead and bring him in? He's on. Rob. Hello. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm good. So, yeah, I've been, uh, unfortunately, I was listening for most of the first part of the hour because uh, I was out running errands. But, yeah, I heard all the comments you were making about the uh, landlord-tenant stuff. And uh, I just want to say that that was probably one of the calls that I hated going on the most because – in Florida, the laws are written to protect the tenant, not the landlord. And there was only so much we could do. I mean, we would get calls from landlords all the time. Hey, you know, we got to kick you got to kick these people out. Uh, they're not paying their rent. And I'm like, listen, you've got to evict them. That's the only option you have legally. If they don't vacate on their own voluntarily, you have to evict them. And, uh, yeah, it's very, it's frustrating. It's frustrating for landlords because, you know, here they are, they're paying their mortgage, they're paying all the bills. If, you know, if uh, power and water is included in the rent, 
they're paying all that and these people just take advantage and they don't pay their bills. They're a bunch of, you know, yeah. scumbags basically. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I completely understand how, how frustrating it is for a landlord. Um, especially now with, uh, this moratorium and everything that's going on. Um, and, and Florida but, yeah. doesn't even have um, the Florida doesn't even have the worst laws in the books. I mean, you try and evict someone in New York City from like a rent controlled apartment, good luck. Right? Good luck trying to right. get someone out of that apartment. Whenever whenever they do that, they literally just start renovating the whole building. That's like the only way they can force people to leave. They make life hell for the tenants in every legal way they can because you're not allowed to evict people in New York before all this. Like Florida has relatively right like fair eviction laws. Yeah. And they do. the fact that even then it's like you're, you're marching uphill. It, listen, yeah. it was bad it, before it, it the is. pandemic. Now it's even worse. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, Joe reference to your yeah. uh, friend that um, had the warrants. Um, yeah. I know in, in my experience, um, if the person that was in the hospital had like a misdemeanor warrant. Um, we would basically just put a law enforcement hold on this person. We didn't babysit them, you know, when they were getting ready to be released from the hospital, um, the hospital would call us and we would go and pick them up. If it was a felony, if they had felony warrants, then we would have to send uh, a correctional officer from the jail out to basically babysit them till they were released Can't from the hospital. Them to the bed. Uh, well, not necessarily. It depended on what they were in the hospital for. He's I mean, not going they, anywhere. You know, if, <laughs> right. Some of them yeah, are. exactly. If, if, <laughs> if he's that, if he's injured that badly, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to run away from you. So normally they didn't, you know, they didn't handcuff him to the bed. If, if it was somebody that was a flight risk, you know, then maybe, but it was usually at the discretion of the officer. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's, what the story you told was it just kind of angered me um uh, because i know that that's not the way we did it and i can't even imagine why another agency would do it the way you described it's just it's it's yeah it's ridiculous it is well, it, it shows is that there's, gestapo there's, like there's good cops there's good cops and there's bad cops and then there's also cops who say they're just following the orders of bad people i mean right. you can put them yeah. in with bad cops um at the very least, they're spineless cops. But uh, no, there's yeah. there's definitely not every not every jurisdiction is the same. And I'm glad to hear you wouldn't you you guys weren't doing anything like that. Can we hold you over, Rob? To the we have to take a quick sure. break. Can we hold you over into the second hour yep. for a little bit? Okay, so we're gonna Absolutely. hold Rob over. Um, our number, call number eight 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 four four one 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 two one. It is technically open line Friday. Um, so if you want to call in, talk about this, talk about any of the stories of the week, or frankly anything. Let us know, 888-441-1121, and we'll be right back on the other side of this quick break.